I'm going to start by reading 2 Samuel 24, verses 18 through 24. And Gad came that day to David and said unto him, Go up and rear an altar unto the Lord in the threshing room floor of Arunah the Jebusite. And David, according to the saying of Gad, went up as the Lord had commanded. And Arunah looked up and saw the king and his servants coming towards him. And Arunah went out and bowed himself before the king on his face upon the ground. And Arunah said, Wherefore is the Lord my king come to his servant? And David said, To buy the threshing room floor of thee and build an altar unto the Lord, that the plague may be stayed from the people. And Arunah said to David, Let the Lord the king take and offer what seemeth good to him. Behold, here be the oxen for the burnt sacrifice and the threshing room instruments and the other instruments of the oxen of wood. And these things did Aruna as a king give unto the king. And Aruna said to the king, The Lord thy God accept thee. And the king said to Aruna, Nay, but I will surely buy of it at a price. Neither will I offer burnt sacrifices and offerings unto the Lord my God, of which cost me nothing. And David bought the threshing room floor and the oxen for 50 shekels of silver. And David built there an altar unto the Lord and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. So the Lord was entreated for the land and the plague was stayed from the people. I want to talk to you all for a few minutes at this Movement Midweek online service about that which cost me nothing. And the concept of value is something we're very familiar with in the United States. Our economy is based off of this idea that the consumers will set the market for a good or a service. Clothing, shoes, gaming systems, restaurants, every good and service in America having a price and its value being determined not by the person selling the product or the good or the service, but the price is set by the consumer. It doesn't matter how valuable or what cost the seller believes their product is worth if the consumers don't agree with that price point. It doesn't matter if me selling a product believes it's worth $1,000. If the consumers say, I'm not paying $1,000 for it, then newsflash, it's not worth $1,000. And the same is true in the opposite way. It doesn't matter what you or I think something might be worth. If people are willing to buy it for a higher price, then that's what the market is. We have a... Um, I have a, a barber, Ricky, actually, a lot of you actually have the same barber, um, and I've never actually realized the value of haircuts until my barbershop has been shut down, and I've got to deal with this that I'm dealing with now, but my barber, uh, Rick, he loves shoes. He collects sneakers, and a lot of people actually collect sneakers. They make a hobby of collecting these high-priced shoes. They'll pay thousands and thousands of dollars for a pair of tennis shoes, and for me, that sounds crazy. I can't imagine paying thousands of dollars for a, sh a shoe. To me, it doesn't seem to be worth that much, but it doesn't really matter what I think about buying the shoes for a couple thousand dollars because if people are willing to buy shoes for a couple thousand dollars, then that's what those shoes are worth. They're worth a couple thousand dollars because the value of something is always determined by the price someone is willing to pay for it. Whether you're willing to pay more or you're willing to pay less, it doesn't really matter because the determining factor of value is how much someone is willing to pay for a good or a service. But this notion of being, uh, this notion of value being set by the people is not only a building block for American commerce, but it is a fundamental principle that we must grab a hold of today if we're going to be all that God is calling us to be. 
And David shows us his understanding of this principle in the scripture text that we, that we read, where he says, I will not offer anything to God that costs me nothing because the value of something is determined by how much someone is willing to pay for it. And I know what you're maybe asking, are you trying to say that the things of God have no intrinsic value, that God's value is only determined in how much I'm willing to pay? Kinda. That's exactly what I'm saying. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how much I value God. It doesn't matter how much your friends value God, how much your mom or your dad value God. It doesn't matter even how much God values himself. The value of God in your life is determined by how much you are willing to pay to be in communion with him. And Proverbs tells us to buy the truth and sell it not, which would imply the truth can both be purchased and can be sold, which tells us the truth has a cost. And this makes sense because there's nothing in life that's worth having that doesn't have a cost. I've heard people say sometimes, I don't want to invest in material things. I want to invest in memories. They're free. It doesn't cost anything to invest in memories, but that's not true. Even memories have a cost. Even, even emotional moments have a cost. I'll give you an example. If a parent works all day, and they're exhausted, they get home from work and their kid wants to play outside, spend time with their mom or their dad. They wanna have moments, they wanna build memories. Those precious memories that are built may not cost you money, but you better believe they cost you something. Whether the cost be money, time, energy, how much something is worth to you is made evident by the price you're willing to pay and the things of God are no different because that which costs you nothing, it is worth nothing. If your walk with God is costing you nothing, then that is evidence that you do not truly value your walk with God. Galatians 5.17 tells us, for the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another that ye cannot do the things that ye would. The spirit of God and your flesh will never be in unity. They will always be at war. And that's why I always tell you guys that if you can go an entire day living for God and it's physically easy and your flesh is never putting up a fight to do the things of God, then you need to reevaluate how spiritual you're really being because your flesh and your spirit should be at constant war with each other. And being a spiritual man or a spiritual woman will come with a cost. And how much you desire to be a spiritual man or be a spiritual woman is evident by how much you are willing to give to be spiritual. Now don't misunderstand what I'm saying tonight. There's nothing you can do to earn or buy the grace of God. The Bible tells us that we're not saved by works lest any man should boast, but we are saved unto good works. Jesus says in Matthew 16, 24 and 25, he says to his disciples, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it and whosoever will lose his life shall find it. There is no price of admission to meet Jesus, but there is a cost to following Jesus. There is a cost associated with following after him. There is a cost to prayer. There is a cost to worship, to be holy, a cost of consecration, a cost of faithfulness. There is a cost of following Christ. And the cost of following Christ comes from the value Jesus Christ places on the things of the kingdom when he tells us to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. 
The call of Jesus Christ being more valuable than the finest of jewels or the largest of treasures. For money can only grant you access to the temporal, but this precious call of God can buy you a ticket to eternity. Worldly fame, power, and influence being keys to unlocking material success. But the call of Jesus Christ can unstop deaf ears. It can open blinded eyes. It can mend broken hearts, and it can save wayward souls. Knowledge and understanding gained by worldly academia can provide secrets to the past and can give you insight into the present and the future but this precious truth of Jesus Christ washes away all past wrongs giving you power to overcome your present circumstance and secures your eternal future with him and this precious truth being wrapped in what I believe could be the most powerful verses in the Bible in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and that word became flesh Jesus Christ and his kingdom being the most valuable thing humanity has ever had access to but all of this becomes mere words on a page if you do not value them yourself the easiest way to tell how much you value the things of God is how much are you willing to pay for them? How much do you value your prayer life? Do you only pray when it's convenient? Or do, do your prayer, does your prayer cost you something? Do you only pray when you happen to find time for him? Or do you make time for prayer? Following after the example given to us in Acts 6, giving yourself continuously to prayer and the ministry of the word because it is valuable to you. Though my body at times may be tired, a price I'm willing to pay to make time to find prayer and to seek the face of God. Do you value worship? How much does your worship cost? Are you willing to, <clears throat> to worship no matter the circumstances? Are you the type that will only worship in a church service when the sound is perfect or the song connects with you? Or will you worship God in both spirit and in truth, giving praises to God as the writer of Hebrews instructs us through him? Let us continuously offer up sacrifices of praise to God and the fruit of the lips that acknowledge his name. Sometimes I may be tired. My life may make it difficult for me to find time to praise. But no matter the cost, I want my life to bring glory to Jesus Christ and his praises to ever be on my lips. Do you value worship? How much are you willing to pay for it? Do you value holiness? Do you value consecration? How much are you willing to pay for it? Are you claiming to live a life of sacrifice for the kingdom? But you're only doing the bare minimum, reducing the Bible to a list of do's and don'ts. So you compare what God is calling you to do with what he's calling others to do. And then use that as an excuse to ignore the price tag God is placing on your calling. Or are you willing to pay whatever the price necessary to subject this flesh to the will of Jesus Christ, presenting your body as a living sacrifice, being one who does not walk after the flesh but walks after the spirit? The frustrations, the mocking, the hardships, all a price I'm willing to pay to be holy for God is holy. And know that the test of someone being, or the true test, of a, of a sacrificial spirit 
is how willing are you to pay the price that God requires of you that he may not be requiring of someone else? Do you value holiness? Do you value consecration? How much are you willing to pay for it? We say we want anointings that break yokes of bondage. We desire faith that can move mountains with a single word. Power to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. We want God to open up doors of opportunity. We want positions of influence but are we willing to pay for them? I don't want a reduced price relationship or inexpensive intimacy with God because that which costs me nothing is worth nothing. We must go beyond saying we want to live for God, beyond saying we want to be used of God, beyond saying we want to be powerful men and women of God and ask ourselves, are we willing to pay for this experience or is the cost too great for the kingdom of God? In Titus 1.16, it says, They profess that they know God, but in works they deny Him, being abominable and disobedient, and unto every good work a reprobate. God is not calling for this generation to be just good enough, nor is He looking for those in pursuit of a cheap, inexpensive relationship, but He is looking for those who desire to take on His name and take on His calling at whatever the cost might be. And I don't want to merely profess with my mouth that I value the things of his kingdom, but I want God to see by my actions that I value the things of his kingdom. And we assign value even on God based on how much we're willing to pay to obtain that which we desire. We place a value on God based on, based on what we're willing to pay to draw close to him. The same way that he placed a value on you by showing you how much he's willing to pay to be close to you. And God showed his love for us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died. God is desiring for you to be in a true, loving, valuable relationship with him. God is calling you into deeper, more valuable purpose. He desires to be close to you, to use you, to commune with you. The question has never been, how much does God value you? He's already shown based on the price he was willing to pay on Calvary's cross. But the question you must answer is, how much do I value God? And when I ask myself this question, how much is Jesus Christ worth to me? My answer is he's worth everything. I will forsake all for the call of Christ. My own hopes, my own dreams, my own carnal desires. I will pay whatever cost, sacrificing that which pleases my flesh for the sake of Christ. In 2012, a man bought a stack of seemingly worthless paintings at a garage sale in Las Vegas for $5. And the man bought this stack because there was one painting in particular that caught his eye. And this painting to us doesn't look like anything special, but upon further inspection, he noticed that there was a, a signature on the back of the painting. And this signature was signed by American artist, film director, and producer who was the leading figure in the visual art movement known as pop art Andy Warhol. And all because of this name that was signed on the back of this small painting, a $5 investment would fetch him a $2 million return. The investment you make into the kingdom of God may seem hard now, 
But trust me, the return on your investment into the kingdom of God is far more rewarding and valuable than you could ever imagine. Because when jewels tarnish, when fame and influence become relegated to mere memories left behind in those who knew me, at the end of all days when time ceases to exist as heaven and earth pass away, and I stand before he who knows no end, Jesus Christ, and all that was given of my flesh for the benefit of my spirit will now be of no consequence when I hear those words, well done, thy good and faithful servant. And I believe I'm speaking to people who desire the things of God. You have a desire to walk with God. You have a desire to be used of God, to have value in the kingdom of God. You desire to pray, fast, worship, read God's word, live holy and consecrated lives. You have a desire to be used in unthinkable ways. You have desires to be spiritual powerhouses. You have been called for such a time as this, being elevated to spiritual levels you only thought were possible in dreams. But the question that is being posed tonight is not how valuable are you, not how powerful are you, not how anointed or called are you. The question that is being posed to potential spiritual giants tonight is how much are you willing to pay for it? Are you willing to turn Netflix off? Are you willing to break away from toxic relationships? Are you willing to sacrifice time, energy, money? Are you willing to delete some things off of your Spotify or unfollow some accounts on Instagram? Are you willing to pay whatever the cost it is to be a part of the kingdom? Do you value your walk with God? And only you can answer that question because that which costs you nothing is worth nothing, but that which costs you everything is priceless. And as we close this movement midweek online service, I want to leave you with that question. How high is the cost and what price are you willing to pay to be a part of the kingdom of God? Is there a cost too great for your anointing? Is there a cost too great for your calling? Are you willing to look at the things of God and say, I cannot do that. I cannot pay that price. I am not willing to pay the price that God has asked me to pay. May I remind you that that which costs you nothing will be worth nothing. But if you are willing to give everything you have to God, your hopes, your dreams, your desires, your feelings, if you're willing to pay whatever the price may be for God to use you and for God to, to mold you and shape you and make you into who he wants you to be, if you are willing to pay that which will cost you everything, it will be priceless. And I want to end this service in prayer, prayer that, a prayer that you will acknowledge the things of God, that you will evaluate the things in your life that are potentially keeping you from pressing into deeper layers of spirituality because for far too long you have thought the cost was too high. For far too long you've believed that there are certain things you cannot give up. There are certain relationships you cannot break free from. There are certain things you cannot watch or certain music you, you just, I can't get rid of it. I'm, I'm asking, I'm pleading tonight for a young man or a young woman to evaluate their lives and say, God, I want to be used of you. Tell me the cost. I'm willing to pay it. Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus over every individual that has heard this message, God, I pray that they would evaluate their lives or that we would evaluate ourselves tonight, Jesus, 
that we would look at the things of our lives and say, God, I'm willing to pay whatever the cost to be used of your kingdom. God, whatever the cost to be all that you're calling me to be, Jesus. Because as David said, God, I don't want to offer you up a sacrifice that cost me nothing. Because, Lord, I understand in my spirit that if I'm offering up sacrifice that cost me nothing, my sacrifice is worth nothing. But if I offer you sacrifice that costs me everything, God, to you, it is priceless. In Jesus' name.